Blog Talk Radio. Do you watch Fox News all day? Are you dizzy from conservative spin? Are you a birther or teabagger? You might be suffering from a condition called barachnophobia. If so, the only cure is Liberal Dan Radio. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. Warning, Liberal Dan Radio is not a substitute for doctor's advice. Severe cases of barachnophobia may require psychiatric help. This may prove expensive if Republicans repeal health care. Listening to Liberal Dan Radio may cause you to embrace things like facts, logic, and reason. If these symptoms last for more than four hours, you have been cured. For more information, go to liberaldan.com. Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. Or you can Skype in from the show page on Blog Talk Radio's website. Uh, if you're listening, you can join us in the chat room as well. Uh, fortunately, the chat room seems to be working again as opposed to Saturday's show. Uh, where we could not get in. Um, you can ask questions there. And if you're listening after the live broadcast because you've downloaded the show uh, via the Blog Talk Radio website or via iTunes, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. on liberaldan.com on the show thread. Got a bunch of stuff in store today. I'm uh, going to get to a lot of stuff. Uh, of course, you're welcome to call in and discuss anything you want as well. I'll I'll make it an open line if you want. Um, but first, as always, we want to start off with this week's headlines. Bluebell, a popular ice cream down here in Louisiana, has been out of production after Listeria was found in the creamery. It turns out that they knew the Listeria was there since 2013. Perhaps it was just a new flavor they were experimenting with. The Ashley Madison scandal continues as 400 church leaders plan on resigning because they were found to also have a cow. See, that's what happens when you cheat on Jesus. A recent poll was taken of Republican voters. 29% believe that Obama wasn't born, was born in the United States, and 40% believe that Ted Cruz was born in the United States. And they say racism isn't alive and well in this country. Can you think of any other reason why they might think that? Finally, there is a museum in Japan that features all sorts of information about poop. In the stool school, you can be flushed down the crapper. You can wear turds on your head. You can even sing songs about fecal matter. Despite the giant push, they are only ranked the number two museum in Japan. And that is this week's headline. The first thing I want to do uh, for the show is go back to a um, little bit of recap of uh, Rising Tide. Again, if you missed the show uh, that I pro- bought there, missed the show that I broadcast from uh, Xavier University here in New Orleans, Louisiana, you can always go and re-download the show and listen to it at your will, as you will. And there's a lot of things to discuss on the show. I just had a conversation uh, with uh, Mark LaFleur uh, from levysnotwar.org. Uh, had a discussion with a uh, fellow uh, New Orleanian about schooling and, and how you should never go full charter. Had a, a, some other discussions with another local podcaster who does a sports podcast. We um, talked about his podcast a little bit. And Fortunately, there were some other people who were there, like Russell Honore, uh, one of the military leaders who was here after Katrina, and a, a Jill Stein, one of the um, one of, uh, current uh, Liber- um, Green Party candidate for president. And unfortunately, it looks like I might be able to snag an invitation or, or a discussion with her uh, as the show was coming to a close, but the show was forced to 
finish at a hard limit of three hours, so I didn't get the chance to do that. Then I, after I ended the show, I had a nice little lunch. And after lunch, I went to go see the uh, first and first and foremost was the um, Ashley Morris Award winner. If you recall, I discussed with Scoops Jeffrey on the show before the Rising Tide show about the Ashley Morrison Morris Award, who he was, and what people do to get this award. And this one was Deborah Big Red Cotton. Uh, she was the recipient of the award. Uh, she was uh, very she was very impressive. Uh, she, for those who don't know who she is, there was a shooting that took place on Mother's Day, and she actually wound up getting shot on it. And she's you know been you know using her uh, you know she was known beforehand as a writer, and she has been using you know, the, the situation to discuss the issues that are happening in the community and to try and change things for the better. And, I think personally think it was a very good uh, award, uh, very good recipient of the award. So, looking for my live tweets, I do have some live tweets that I did. There you go. There they are. Uh, I was basically sitting two seats next to uh, DeRay McKesson at Rising Tide as we were waiting for his speech to start, and and he was giving, uh, he made a lot of made a lot of good points, and there's a disturbing trend that's going on currently with the Black Lives Matter movement, not with them particularly, but with uh, commentators on the right who are trying to uh, put them down. Uh, they they haven't been able to use the All Lives Matter uh, hashtag to derail conversation about the issue, of course, when people you say all lives matter or misuse that only black lives matter because people are using the black lives matter hashtag, it just shows the sheer ignorance of what the movement stands for. Uh, and it was funny because I was writing a little hashtag black about it. I was like hashtag BL and my phone knew to autocomplete the black lives matter. And I showed that to Mr. McKesson and he gave me a smile. And so he had some very good quotes, and I live-tweeted them, so you can go to Liberal Day and Radio uh, on Twitter and see what I said, but I'll go over them briefly. Katrina and Ferguson represent the false vision of the American dream. And that was, you know, what I think I got it quoted exactly right, because it was, it was, he was, sometimes he was talking a little bit fast, so it was hard to type it in exactly perfectly. So I, I believe... That's one of the things that I think that's one of the things that um, questioning if I actually got it completely right, but I think I got it right. Next, uh, one of the next things you said with trauma, there is a temptation to misremember. And what does he mean by that? Well, a lot of times when people start looking back at what happened, uh, you start maybe sugarcoating it, or you start forgetting certain things about the incident. Uh, making it not as bad as it was, or even you know changing details to make it artificially better in certain ways. So, and it, and it happens. You know, people will do that. You, you, a lot of times, people repress bad memories, and that's what he was basically saying there. Uh, and basically, another thing that he said that I read in the same tweet that I put was, "Hope that tomorrow can be better." comes from confronting the inadequacies of today. So if you really want to make a change for the better in this world, in this nation, uh, to fix the problems and solve the problems that we have, you, know, you can only really have hope for tomorrow if you know or see people that are actually fixing one of the problems. If you're not working to fix the problem, how is it going to be better? Now, one thing that was kind of shocking Ferguson, when they were protesting, he said it was illegal to stand still for five seconds. What does that mean? Well, you basically had to keep moving. If you didn't keep moving, uh, they would force you to. They didn't want you, I guess, clogging up an area or what have you. Now, sometimes things like this happen in Mardi Gras, where if, if the crowd stands for too long, they'll get you to move. But 
that's just to get traffic going. That's not trying to disenfranchise people's rights in any way. These people are sitting there holding protest signs, shouting protest slogans, trying to get the attention of an American public who, as of yet, has been uh, inadequately paying attention to the plight of people in the black community. And so we're trying to get people's attention. They were, they were basically telling them that they couldn't stand still for five seconds. Anymore, that was a problem. That's ridiculous. Last year, he says, in August, we made a commitment to tell the truth every step of the way, meaning that regardless of what happens, they are going to tell, and we are going to tell the truth. We are going to be honest with everything. We're not going to uh, hold back. He tells a story about how he was under arrest in custody, handcuffed, and he asked one of the uh, officers what the officer's name was. Um, she said, well, you can just call me De Deputy Sergeant, so I'm not going to play this game. I said, I want to know what your name is. And then at some point he sat down and just, you know, with the camera on him, and he said, even though that they were in custody and even though that he had no power at that moment, he was always still going to be telling the truth. And I think that's, that's a very strong and very important thing that he said. Uh, then he addressed, uh, addressed an issue about some issues about Katrina. Uh, the levees did not have to break. People made choices that allowed them to break. And, and a lot of times, I haven't saw commercials. I think it was Morgan Freeman who was voicing it. Today, it was from Domino Sugar. Um, Domino Sugar was saying about how talking about the natural disaster that happened from Hurricane Katrina. Well, in New Orleans, it was not a natural disaster; it was a man-made disaster. I discussed this on Saturday, and this is one of the reasons why, even though you have Katrina fatigue, you need to listen. We need to keep speaking about this because if people are going to think people are going to keep thinking that it's a man-made disaster. Then they're thinking they're going to think that there's nothing that can be done, but it wasn't. It was a it was a man-made disaster. Let me let me reword that. Just people are going to keep thinking if you repeat that it was a natural disaster that there's nothing you can do to prevent it. But this is a man-made disaster. There were things that could have been done to mitigate the damage that was done, and there are things that could have been done to strengthen these the levee system that should not have failed but did. And the reason that it did was because people made choices. People made choices that allowed them to break. People chose to cut corners. People chose uh, to use inadequate, inadequate materials uh, to shore it up. In brief, it was, it was a man-made disaster, and, and we cannot forget that. And national corporations say, hey, Domino's, Domino Sugar, this is not the truth. You are not being accurate with your a representation of the current disaster that took place in New Orleans, uh, people need to step up. And I'm going to re I'm going to tweet that after the show is over, and I hope that you will also retweet it as well, uh, because they need to get the message. This is not a natural disaster. This is a man-made disaster. Uh, then it was, you know, I, I need to find. I'm trying to find the video. Uh, somebody else took video. Uh, what was going on. And I need to find a video of, of Deray McKesson's speech. Because he took some questions, and I actually was able to ask a question. Uh, I kind of stumbled all over myself. I was horrible. Um, I, I discussed, you know, some of the topics. I, I used some of the topics that I said here that, you know, we're not going to really solve, you know, the racial inequality unless uh, white people of privilege, white people uh, look at the problems as our problems instead of their problems. But... I basically said, what can uh, white people do? You know, well-meaning white people who sometimes stumble over themselves and trying to find the right thing to do. What can the, what is the besides listening, what is the best thing that they could do to help? And uh, some of the things I've discussed, which was, you know, using their privilege to help combat privilege, using privilege to using the, their, their positions that they are, the power that they do have to try and solve the problem. But the other thing that was interesting that he said that, I don't know, I mean, I've acknowledged this and I understand that, you know, if, if you get to a point where you're 
you know, you're eliminated privilege, then no one has an advantage. But the way he worded it was, was really was really well done. And that is, he said that people with privilege have to understand that when they solve the problem, they're not going to be privileged anymore. So your 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 power that you have inherently just because you're born into a certain race is no longer going to be able to help you, and then everybody's going to be on um, an equal footing when it comes at least to race. So, and it's, it's just some of that that's very important that needs to be said. Um, personally, would love to get Brandon Shaw on. I was very busy, so we will see uh, if we can get that happening. Uh, but then later on, I had uh, had uh, my course, uh, my podcasting class at uh, Rising Tide. Um, and Molly got a nice picture of me <laughs> uh, standing at the podium giving my little slideshow. And it was fun. It was good. I had a couple people there. You know, I was half expecting to come downstairs uh, because DeRay McKesson's speech went a little light and, and get down there and have nobody show up at all. Uh, fortunately, I did have two, three, four, five, maybe six people, five or six people in there in the classroom we were discussing. We had some good information and actually got some good tips that will uh, perhaps potentially help uh, the podcast in the future after I communicate with the woman who stopped business card. Then uh, I immediately went from there, from Xavier University, to the New Orleans Arena for the uh, Katrina, Katrina 10 uh, event. That took place there. That was the second line afterwards, and I didn't. As I said, I wasn't going to go to the second line just because of the fact that I was. I don't want to risk my knee at the moment. But it was interesting because they were, you know, they had said something including a message from Nancy Pelosi, and I said, oh well, you know, she's probably sending a message, a video from Washington D.C. or something to that effect. No, out came Nancy Pelosi showed up to honor uh, New Orleans. And, and you, you, you might see, uh, you know, you notice a little little couple of tweets that I had. Uh, you know, there was your Mayor, Mayor, Mary Landrieu, former senator of Louisiana, Mayor Mitch Landrieu, her brother, mayor of New Orleans. Uh, of course, you had Bill Clinton there. Uh, you had some other uh, leaders in Congress. Uh, Sheila Jackson Lee, I believe, the a congresswoman from Houston, and some local politicians, parish leaders, etc. And you had Nancy Pelosi, who actually came out and gave a speech, and it was pretty darn good. So Cedric Richmond, also the congressman from Louisiana's second district, was there, and he also gave a good speech. And so I tweeted, you know, I see Cedric Richmond. Hashtag, where's Bobby? And then I said, Nancy Pelosi showed up to honor New Orleans. Thank you. But where's Bobby? So the question that I have is, obviously, where's Bobby? Where was he? What was he doing? Why was he not in New Orleans for Katrina's 10th anniversary? Oh, that's right. He was out trying to, you know, be president even though he's not going to be president. Never going to happen. But he's out there campaigning, trying his darndest. We'll get to one of his next sillinesses after the next commercial break. Um, but if you want to call the show, again, it's area code 347-838-8368. That's area code 347-838-8368. This is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? 
Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But Budgeteers is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out Budgeteers.com or go to YouTube.com slash Budgeteers and help make your trip the best it can be. Budgeteers.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. I am sick and tired of the propaganda in today's media. You know, we can't have a sane discussion about politics. Well, yes, you can, and it's on ROJS Radio Live with the girls, Monica RW, and Autumn S. I'm there every week when they discuss Michigan and national politics, job search, unemployment, and more from an independent laugh, sanity-based point of view. So, tune in. ROJS Radio Live, Saturdays and Sundays at 11 a.m. sharp here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Dan Radio, Talk to the Left, That's Right, this is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation is area code 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. You can also come in the chat room and ask questions there. You can use Skype to connect from the Blog Talk Radio page. Or, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave your questions, comments, concerns, etc., on the show page at liberaldan.com. Now, for the break, I was discussing a little bit of a recap of Rising Tide 10 and the Hurricane Katrina uh, 10th anniversary commemoration that was taking place. And so I, I did have one question about the whole ceremony that took place at the New Orleans Arena, or the Smoothie King Center as it's called now. Where's Bobby? Adonde eres, Bobby? Well, Bobby was out being political campaigning for governor because, not governor, for president. He was campaigning for governor all through his terms in Congress. Sorry for the confusion. And Jindal is quoted, according to Huffington Post, as saying, I think you should be able to keep your job and follow your conscience. No! No, Governor Jindal. You are incorrect. You should not be able to keep your job if following your conscience does not allow you to do the job. I will quote you, just so happen to be, uh, Congressman Jerry Connolly, who is the tweeter of the week this week, says, if conscience requires Kim Davis to refuse to uphold the law, then it also requires her to resign. Hashtag love is love, hashtag marriage equality. So, you can't have it both ways. You cannot imagine if I was DMV and I was a Muslim and I refused to take a picture of any woman except unless she was in a headscarf because it's against my religion to see women such as that. No, that's not. that doesn't work that way. So Kim Davis has uh, fought every single way. She's she's challenged she's one to each and every court, even to the Supreme Court. So they, every court has ruled against her. The Supreme Court refused uh, to issue a stay on the ruling that would require her to continue to serve, you know, to, to keep being obstinate in her desires to keep gay people as second-class citizens. Uh, in her capacity as an elected official. And there's been a motion uh, by lawyers who are saying that, that they want to hold her in contempt of court. And the lawyers for the couple, or for the co- one of the gay couples who went for a marriage. Now, here's the thing. She is not offering anybody any marriages whatsoever. So if you're heterosexual and you want to join a heterosexual union in her office, the answer is no as well. So at least she's being, I guess, equal in her discrimination, even though the reason she is being, quote, equal is because she doesn't want to probably suffer another penalty on top of that, which is, you know, at least if she's, I guess, the claim is if she's refusing to issue it to everybody that she's not being, quote, discriminatory. But the reason she's not giving it to anyone is because she doesn't want to give it to gay people, 
and as such, she's being discriminatory. So uh, it's funny because I see one sentence. As HuffPost Christian Farias reported, Davis cannot be fired from, from her position because she is an elected official. Uh, she can only be removed from office if she is impeached by the state legislature or charged with a crime. So Jen Zindel, uh said, I don't think anyone should have to choose between following their conscience and religious beliefs and giving up their job and facing financial sanctions. I think it was wrong the fourth. Christian individuals or business owners. We are seeing government today discriminate against whether it's clerks, florists, musicians, or others. I think that's wrong. I think you should be able to keep your job and follow your conscience. I absolutely do believe that people have a First Amendment right, a constitutional right. I don't think that the court can take that away. Well, the court can't take it away, but the, but the court can't. But she, she, when she is acting in her capacity as an elected official, she is acting on behalf of government and not on behalf of herself. On her private time, when she is not on the payroll, she's absolutely entitled to, to say whatever she wants, to express the beliefs that she expresses. Absolutely has no, no problems with, with that. She can be a horrible person and a hypocrite for all I care. And I wouldn't even worry myself with her if she said these things in her private life because it's really none of my business. But she's using her elected office and her capacity as an elected official to do these things and, and prevent these people from legally getting married in this nation, which has been ruled, has been ruled that marriage equality is now the law of the land. You must do it. She's violating the law. You do not have the authority to violate the law. And if she doesn't want, and it's very simple, if she doesn't want to issue marriage license anymore, then she can find another new job where she can do it. She can resign from this job. Maybe she wants to hold another elected office. By all means, run. You have every right to run. And you can run, and you can use your, your, your candidacy as a platform to espouse your bigotry against this, quote, gay agenda that's coming after you. So... And then, but then when she's in elected office, again, she's not allowed to lose to use her office to actively discriminate against people. It's simple. Uh, surprisingly enough, Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican from South Carolina, another Republican presidential <coughs> contender, <coughs> I'm surprised I didn't put contender in quotes. Um, look, I mean, I'm not one to suggest that uh, people should be mocked for be doing poor in the polls. That would be at least one person. But I haven't even, I don't think I've seen him do anything in his campaign. Anything. You have to actually be running a campaign to, I think, be called a contender. I could have been a contender. Uh, Lindsey Graham says Davis should comply with the law or resign. It's simple as that. But she doesn't want to do that. So guess what? She's not doing it. There's, there's, there's the conflicting. Um, the one, our one article says that she can't be fired. Um, I, I pretty much would agree. Oh, it, here's why. Here's why she. I thought it said can in the article. My reading skills apparently are not as hot as they used to be because I, I swear it says can. It said can in the uh, in the article uh, or in the teaser on the side. Um, but no, she cannot be fired because she is elected official. So pretty much that's that when it comes to uh, her. Now, when when people say, uh, you know, people are pointing out her issues that she's had and, and why it's not just a matter of her using her position as an elected official to enforce her own personal code of morality on other people, there's also the problem of the fact that she's a hypocrite. She's trying to protect the sanctity of marriage because that's what her religion requires. Did her religion say that she could divorce her first husband? Did her religion say that she could get impregnated by the person that would become her third husband before the first husband divorce was finalized, i.e. adultery? Did then did her religion allow her to get married and then divorce a second time to a, to another person, to this man number two, who then adopted the kid that was that she got impre that she had when she was impregnated by husband number three, 
we haven't even got to yet. Uh, then she divorces husband number two. She marries husband number three, the daddy of husband number the daddy of the children, even though husband number two adopted them. And then husband number three and her get a divorce, and she goes back and goes back and marries husband number two again. So some people have described the, the described the criticism of Kim Davis uh, as slut shaming. I'm not. Now look, I, I, I am definitely not a fan of slut shaming. I do not believe that you should be uh, being critical of somebody because they make particular sexual choices for themselves. I mean, despite some jokes here and there about Ashley Madison, I, I'm not sitting here holding, casting my judgment on the people who had affairs on Ashley Madison that come with the exception of Josh Duggar. And the reason I make the exception for Josh Duggar is because he is an individual who is trying to use his public figure, his public notoriety uh, in his position at a, uh, in a in a political advocacy group to advocate for political change that would discriminate against persons in our society who are gay, for example. So because you are supposedly trying to protect the, quote, sanctity of marriage. So when you're trying to promote the, quote, sanctity of marriage, from the evil people that are trying to force gay marriage down your throat, and all of a sudden you can't keep the sanctity of your marriage because not only uh, did you have two Ashley Madison accounts, but you also uh, hired a prostitute who was a porn star and stripper to have sex with whilst your wife was married and pregnant. Married, yes, his wife was married while his wife was pregnant with their child, all while campaigning over the idea that gay marriage is sinful and that in order to keep, uh, that you have to keep marriage, uh, sanctity of marriage pure by not allowing gay people to, to marry. Well, what did you do, Mr. Duggar? You didn't keep your marriage pure. You, you showed yourself to be inadequately inadequate and incapable of keeping yourself to those set of rules, that code of morality that you want pushed on everybody else. So why should we be forced to follow your rules that you can't even follow yourself? Well, some people might say, well, well, God forgives and blah, 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 and you can repent and blah, blah, blah. No, it's it's a cop-out. Maybe what you believe in, it's a cop-out. You're that is between you and your God. If your God wants to forgive you for violating your agreement with him or her, then by all means, that's between y'all. It has nothing to do with me. I get to judge you for what you're doing and trying to change the system of laws to discriminate against people who are just be- just because they are homosexuals and homosexual relationships. So this woman... You know they're they're trying to say that people are slut shaming or just or just completely just going over the top and attacking her and maybe that's wrong. Even one of my good friends said this and well I I don't necessarily agree with that just because of the fact. You know some people suggest well well she she might not have the ability to get back on her feet like other people. I don't think so. In this day and age, you're gonna have if she loses her job. She's going to have a GoFundMe account in seconds that's going to raise her a crap ton of money. She'll make money from that. She'll make money from uh, maybe a book deal. She'll make money from lots of different sources. Maybe they'll bring her on Fox News and hire her as a contributor, a special guest, and you know, perhaps they'll pay her to do something. Who knows? But she will, she will come out of this probably better off than what she was. And she might even be able to parlay this, depending on uh, the neighborhood, the makeup of, of whatever district she runs in. Maybe she runs for Congress next, and maybe she wins because of gerrymandered districts and popularity that people, you know, people support her actions if they're that much against gamer. I mean, Bobby Jindal does. Bobby Jindal's the governor of a state. You might see him coming over and endorsing her, which could be the kiss of death to her candidacy, but who knows? Anyway. Um, but she'll probably at least make a whole bunch of money with GoFundMe. Uh, and we'll get to that in a second as well. 
but again, if you want to call in the show, it's 347-838-8368. That's area code 347-838-8368. And this is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Production of Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. A broad-based coalition of 80 groups are calling on United Parcel Service to end its membership in ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council. The Teamsters are part of the coalition of labor, religious, environmental, investor, public interest, civil rights, and public health groups. The Teamsters say the coalition is encouraging UPS to leave ALEC over concerns about the organization's extreme agenda and secretive practices. More than 100 corporations and hundreds of legislators have left ALEC. They include Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Yelp, Yahoo, eBay, AOL, International Paper, Occidental Petroleum, Northrop Grumman, BP, T-Mobile, Shell Oil, and Canadian National Railway. The Teamsters say UPS shouldn't be in ALEC because the organization's secretive practices threaten our democracy. The Teamsters say ALEC's practices are clearly out of line with the corporate culture and ethical standards expected by UPS shareholders and customers. Toll collectors on Chicago's Skyway making an average of $11 an hour could strike soon. Their contract has expired, and Teamsters Local 727 says the toll collectors are taking a strike vote. The Chicago Skyway is a major route out of the city, and a strike could impact Labor Day weekend traffic flow. Local 727 President John Coley says the ball is in management's court. He says either the company can do the right thing and offer a fair agreement or force the workers to hit the picket lines to fight for fair wages, benefits, and working conditions that they deserve. Now here's Frank Emspach with WINS News Analysis. The aftermath of Katrina is on many people's minds. So is the aftermath of the stormy stock market. What do they have in common? In the aftermath of Katrina, we find the income gap between the working poor and the wealthy has grown. Positive impacts of the recovery in New Orleans are skewed upwards. The benefits of the stock price recovery, if it continues, are also skewed upwards. But the low-wage problem remains. Most workers have not received meaningful wage increases in years, and in fact, increased costs for food, communications, transportation, education have made it impossible for most working families to accumulate wealth. Increasing inequality will not change until the wages in this country are increased substantially and indexed to inflation. This, of course, is the challenge faced by the UAW and the auto negotiations and the Verizon workers in their negotiations. I'm Frank Emsbach for Workers Independent News. The Workers' Independent News is brought to you with support from the Bank of Labor, a division of Brotherhood Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Union-owned, union-represented Bank of Labor offers a business visa card with no annual fee and points earned with every purchase, along with rental vehicle and travel accident insurance. Online at bankoflabor.com. You've been listening to WIN, Workers' Independent News. For more information, visit laborradio.org. Welcome back to Little Bit Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. And discussing a whole bunch of issues today. Uh, we had a little bit of a recap from Rising Tide X. Uh, a little bit of uh, my live tweets from uh, Deirdre McKesson from Black Lives Matter. Uh, discussing... Uh, the clerk in Kentucky who refuses to uh, do her job and why she needs to go. And you know, I was basically saying that I figured that she could probably make some money because if anybody could be successful with one, it's just anybody who's not me. Um, reminding everybody out there that I do have a group on going on. It's, you know, in order to help expand the show, I definitely need some, some money. A dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, et cetera. You know, if you contribute more, you get a little bit of swag as a thank thank you. It's not necessarily uh, 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 it's not necessarily gonna gonna be you know 
clearly, you, you know, you can definitely get bumper stickers for cheaper. But I figure if you donate a certain amount, I, I'll be more than happy to send you one. This is a free gift. Uh, same thing with T-shirts. If you, if you donate it like this, a higher level, again, free gift. So it's kind of like how what public broadcasting and other other groups do uh, to say, look, you know, we understand that this isn't just you know a purchase of a particular item, but it's just a thank you for contributing at that level. So. If there's anything else you might want, you know, from, you know, Liberal Band Radio Swag, if you don't want a T-shirt or a bumper sticker, then let me know. You know, if you, if, and if you see uh, the, the different swag that's available currently, you can go look at my Twitter account and see uh, what I tweeted from Saturday. That has a picture of the swag. So, you know, I definitely would appreciate uh, anybody who's helping. It's been a little bit of a little bit tough, you know, after my five-month uh, unemployment break, uh, trying to, you know, stay afloat during that time was, was very difficult, very stressful, and I'm trying to get out of that to do uh, some good things, with, and, and I could definitely use the help to help expand the show. So, one of the other things, uh, just briefly about the Katrina 10 event that I didn't mention, mentioned Bobby, mentioned his support for uh, the woman in Kentucky. Bill Clinton said something from basically towards the end of the speech that I thought was, was very good. And it was basically that you should celebrate what's going on and what has gone on in New Orleans. It's not perfect. It's not great. It's not great yet. It could be. But if you spoke to people at, directly after Katrina and told them this is where you would be, Ten years from now, they would have been thrilled. That's probably true, because back then, people down here were desperate to get back to their homes. They were desperate to rebuild. They felt like they were at a very low point. So telling them, look, this is the way it's going to be ten years from now, I'm sure they would have felt very good. So, and just because you celebrate what you have done, it doesn't mean you ignore what else needs to be done. I think that was the most important point, was that, you know, you could be happy that we're here live, that we're, that we're having some gains that were done. But after all that said and done, we still need to make more improvements, bring more people back, rebuild more of the city, and keep things going in a positive direction so that we can, we can you know, honor the lives of the people that are lost and that we could help just make the city even better. So I think it was a good thing. And I made a lot more, a lot more points on this point, on the point of, of, of the importance of the things that, you know, we have done right, but also the things that we have done wrong and the things that need to be fixed and how we can improve and how what the right way to improve is versus the wrong way to improve. And a lot of those things I'm not going to rehash here. Uh, if you want to listen to that, you can please go listen to the special episode. A lot of that was, you know, it was kind of distributed throughout. You've had some in the beginning uh, when I was talking about uh, charter schools and you never go full charter towards the end, talking about gentrification and how New Orleans is not going to be this. You're not rebuilding if you don't keep the culture. If you lose the culture, then you haven't rebuilt anything you've just replaced. So that too. But again, I made all those points on Saturday. Please go listen to Saturday's podcast if you want to learn more about that. Um, some other things to talk about. There was a completely changing, completely changing. Actually, let's actually. Let's let's go back to I'll go back to Black Lives Matter for a second because the Black Lives Matter movement people are trying to say that there's some connection that some of the Black Lives Matter people are supporting the killing of cops and it's not true I mean you have bad apples in every group but the idea you know there's a frustrating thing here you know I have somebody who otherwise should be reasonably smart but he will use like the hashtag or whatever 
only Black Lives Matter. Because he believes that when you say Black Lives Matter, you're, you're not, you're saying, because you're not saying that white lives matter, you're saying that white lives don't matter. And it's not, not only is that not true, it's not logical. It doesn't follow. You, you're, you have, you know, one of the best explanations I've seen for some people is just a simple matter of work. Maybe we, maybe people should have said Black Lives Matter too, and that would have helped people understand. But I don't necessarily think it's, you know, while it's important, well, it is important to help people who don't understand to understand, if they show a willingness to understand. But I don't even, I don't necessarily think that these people would have said, you would have said Black Lives Matter too. I don't believe that that would have fixed the thing. I think that these people would still find a way to criticize it. They would probably say, well, what lives matter too? It's kind of the whole thing of, oh, hey, call 911. My house is on fire. My house matters. Please come print it out. And somebody else says, well, my house matters too. Is your house on fire? No. And shut up. Simple as that. So, and one of the things that is, is discussed by the Black Lives Matter movement is the disproportionate way that law enforcement and the, and the system of justice overall treats black people, higher arrest rates, conviction rates, sentencing rates, etc., longer sentence terms for less things, uh, for less items caught on. And one of the things that is, is the drug war, the failed drug war that has basically managed to incarcerate large swaths of black America and put them into prison for what? For what are they in prison for? Well... They are in prison, and they are working and making penance a very small amount of money for these large producers, large businesses that make money off of prison, i.e. slave labor. For the 13th Amendment, Ban slavery, except as punishment for crime. So prisons have now been turned into big businesses. Prisons have been privatized. So in order to privatize, you have to find a way to make money. How do they make money? Well, they put the people to work. But it's not illegal to put people to, who are in prison to work for slave or slave for, for no wages and or for slave wages. So insourcing is what this labor is called. And, and, and I think I've talked about this before. Uh, prisoner works eight hour days, have no union representation, make between twenty three cents and a dollar and fifteen cents per hour, over six times less than the federal minimum wage. Uh, wages are um, combining wages with increasing communication and commissary costs. So inmates can be released from correctional facilities with more debt than they had on their arrival. But biz big businesses receive tax credits for employing inmates. Excessive, in excess of millions of dollars a year. So who did this? One, who has done this? One, Whole Foods. Whole Foods um, will purchase artisan cheese and fish prepared by inmates who are working for private companies. Inmates are paid 74 cents a day to raise tilapia that is subsequently sold for 11.99 a pound at whole paycheck. McDonald's uh, has goods like cutlery, containers, and uniforms that are produced in prisons. Uh, the inmates who sew McDonald's uniforms make less money by the hour than the people who wear them. Walmart, uh, their company policy states that forced or prison labor will not be tolerated. Uh, every item in their store has been supplied by third-party prison labor factories. Uh, Walmart purchases produce from prison farms where laborers are subject to long, arduous hours in the blazing heat without adequate water or food. Victoria's Secret, uh, there was a... Uh, Two prisoners were placed in solitary confinement for telling journalists that they were hired to replace uh, the made in Honduras garment tags was made in the USA tag. Uh, Victoria's Secret has declined to comment. ARA Mark uses, uh, provides public food, food to colleges, public schools, and hospitals, uh, has a monopoly on food service in about 600 prisons in the U.S. Despite this, ARA Mark has a history of poor food service including a massive food shortage that caused a prison riot in Kentucky in 2009. 
1993, AT&T laid off thousands of telephone operators, all union, to increase profits. Uh, AT&T's company policy reads, much like Walmart, they have consistently used inmates to work in their in, in to work their call centers, barely paying them two dollars a day. And BP, when it spilled four point two million dollars of barrel into the Gulf Coast in the uh, Macondo uh, oil disaster, uh, Deepwater Horizon, the company sent a workforce of almost exclusively African American inmates to clean up its small community members, many of whom were out of work. Fishermen struggled to make ends meet. Uh, BP's decision to use prisoners instead of hiring displaced workers outraged the Gulf community, but the oil company did nothing to reconcile the situation. There are many other people that have used prison labor, uh, and basically it's just it's legal slavery. Uh, we have people in this country who are slaves, and the only reason that they are slaves is not because, you know, is because we have loopholes uh, that allows us to go say, hey, you're a criminal for smoking this weed, you smoke this plant, and we're saying that smoking this plant is bad for you and bad for society. So because you've done something that doesn't hurt anybody else, we're going to lock you up, throw away the key, and then let these big businesses make bank off of you. And that is horrifically wrong. And if you don't agree with that, then you have some serious problems. Okay? It should infuriate every one of you. Anyway, let me take the last commercial break. Uh, come back and I'll finish up the show. Three four seven eight three eight eight three six If you need legal representation or advice on issues such as family law, bankruptcy law, DWI, or other civil or criminal matters, you need hands-on legal advice from someone who will treat you as a priority and not just another number. So call the law office of Sherry I. Sandler at 504-528-9500. That's 504-528-9500. Or email sandlerlaw at cox.net. I trust Sherry with my legal needs. So should you. The preceding ad was an unpaid client endorsement. Do you like fun jewelry? Do you wish you could design jewelry that is designed just for you and that tells your story? Well, with Origami Owl, you can do just that. An Origami Owl jewelry bar is a fun way to get together with your friends, hang out, and design jewelry. There is no pressure to buy, but when you host a party, either in person or online, you have the opportunity to get deeply discounted jewelry based on what the friends you invite to the party purchase. If you would be interested in holding a party, either online or in person, go to cassiezcharms.origamiowl.com. That is C-A-S-S-I-E-Z charms.origamiowl.com and contact Cassie today. Back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, finishing up the show today, I want to bring up two small issues. Um, they're not that small, it's just that there's not much, that much to say about them, but I do want to throw them in here at the end uh, just um, to finish out the show. They're kind of unrelated, but the first thing I want to talk about is uh, there's an article about Windows 10, about how there are privacy, privacy settings in Windows 10. Uh, that explicitly keep things on. Let's say you have a family account on Windows 10. In that family account, it, it, it will log the people who are on your computer, um, and, and it might give a report uh, to the person who runs the computer as to what the people who are running the computer are doing. So it may tell you things like, you know, websites visited, etc. And people are trying to claim that um, it's, bad for I mean, the Microsoft Windows 10 is bad for teens who might be gay uh, because it might out them without their knowledge. Well, this is one of those things where there are tools that will do that anyway. A parent who wants to spy on their kids' internet activity 
can find keyloggers, can find uh, things that automatically take screenshots of where they're going and what they're doing, what they're looking at. And so as a kid, you should probably know this already. And you should probably know that if you're going to be doing things, it's probably not the best to do it on your home computer that your parents, that your parents can monitor. So any kid that gets caught doing this is probably D-U-M-B dumb. But the idea, one of the things they said was like, well, they might be looking at gay porn. Well, it's pretty much illegal in most places for an underage kid looking looking at porn, period. So I'm not exactly sure what they're trying to you know, defend here. Uh, but it just seems to be an, an overstated fear of what might happen with Windows 10. Um, and you should just take Windows 10 out of the conversation. If you are a gay teen who's in the closet, and you don't want your parents finding out, you might want to be a little careful about what's going on in your browser history and with the, the what your computer can, the computer that you're can possibly do and possibly uh, tell your parents about what you're doing. And therefore, if you want to keep it secret, secret, you may want to find another way to do it. I'm not encouraging you to do this, obviously, but if you're going to get upset over the fact that your parents found out, don't do it on a computer that your parents control. Pretty much as simple as that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about real quickly, having a brain fart. Um, hmm. I can't remember. Wow. Okay. Uh, so let's just remind, uh, I guess, wow. I had two things that I was going to go, and it was going to be strong, and then I completely, completely forgot. Um, no, no. Um, wow. I had a brain fart in the middle of the show. Anyway, again, just to remind you that I guess that if you want to, if you want to, uh, you know, support the show again, I please ask you to go to gofundme.com slash liberaldan. You can also click from it from the show page at liberaldan.com. Um, and it'll, you know, it'll link you over there. I just, I can't believe God, the thing I wanted to talk about. Crazy. Um, Windows 10 and, huh, I believe I forgot that it's really going to drive me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to remember what I wanted to say about five seconds after I end this show. Um, so I guess I'll have to tweet about it or something because at that point I really, I really just won't want to, I'll probably remember it in the old news box, and I'll just or the, the show end, and then I'll probably go ahead and stop the show and then restart it again if I remember. But I don't think it's going to happen because it's still not coming back to me. And this is, I feel like I should be playing yakety sax right now, except I can't because it's copyrighted and I would, you know, be violating the law somehow. So I'm just going to go ahead and end the show. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you got a good chuckle at the end. Uh, be back here, same time, 8 p.m. Central uh, on Blog Talk Radio blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan, liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, and at You know, I was right. I did remember it when I came back from the for break. <laughs> Here it is. Okay, so there was a case in another one of these cases where we'll go a couple minutes over. Then I guess uh, another one of these cases where uh, there was a teen, and the teen can legally have sex with each other, but the teens actually had pictures of each other who were on the naked. Then they were naked and they're on each other's phones. And the state charged these teens with crimes for having a picture of an underage person on their phone. And I've discussed this before. It's a stupid set of laws. It's, it's, but unfortunately, no, no legislator is going to be handling this. No, they're not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole because the moment of somebody who's a politician steps up and says, I think we should fix this law. I think it's unjust. They're going to say, he wants young kids to be able to have sex with each other and take pictures of each other. What is he going to do with those pictures? Is he going to post them on the internet? 
he's a pedophile. And then people are going to be like, ooh, and because they'll fall for that crap. So until people can prove themselves to be reasonable and mature and not fall for that crap, uh, you're not going to see a politician stand up and do the right thing and say, you know what, maybe it shouldn't be illegal to possess a picture of a person who you've legally had sex with. Now, if you're distributing it to other people, then maybe that might be a violation and maybe that's bad. But if you could legally have sex with somebody, you should be able to legally look at a picture of somebody, of that same somebody. It's as simple as that. But here's the weirdest thing about this case, is that one of the kids, the, the girl pled guilty and got a lesser sentence. The kids, the boy's being charged as an adult. And one of the charges, a third-degree crime that he's being charged with, with possession of, 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 a, of, a, of a picture of a naked kid, it's his own picture. It is illegal for him to have a picture, a naked picture of himself on his own phone because he's objectifying or criminally whatever himself. That's not stupid. I don't know what is. Now we can get to the show end. So again, tune in next week. Follow me at Liberal Band Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Liberal Band, Liberal 